who's the most terrible of them all? It's Hollywood Lean. Hello and welcome to Everyone is Terrible. I'm your host, Hollywood Lean. It's my favorite day of the week. It is Everyone is Terrible Sex in the City edition. Joining me today virtually in the terrible clubhouse, entertainment reporter and TV producer, Nakia Monet. Hey, boo-boo, kiki, boom-boom. Hey, boo, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Thank thank you for coming on. I'm so excited to do this. We're going to be talking about Sex in the City, but the Terrible Characters Edition. We're we're doing a deep dive. (laughs) You know, I hope you're going to join us on this journey because it's a five-episode series special. Everyone is Terrible, Sex in the City Edition. You know, we grew up with these characters that we loved so much. And now that time has gone on, you know, Sex in the City premiered over 20 years ago. It's all questionable. Were they amazing or were they simply terrible? Me and Nakia are going to remind you about all the terrible moments because what's the point of doing all the best moments? We're not here to praise them. That would be boring. It's going to be a full spectrum of Samantha Jones, the good, the bad, the ugly, and most the terrible kiki boom boom i am doing good i'm currently in new york city um i'm from new york but you know lee and i lived in la for five years and i still say i live there i'm just on a vacation from la and baby now i'm in my 30s and i'm really like oh shit this is what karen was talking about when she turned 35 so Sex and the City is one of my favorite shows. I think I am a cult member of Sex and the City. I've watched every season. I have them on DVD. I have them on my laptop. I watch it every time E plays it. It's a favorite of mine. And my favorite character, I know we're dragging Samantha, but I'm a Samantha Carey girl. I love all four of them, but I am a Samantha Carey type of girl. That's just who I am. You're a hybrid. I'm a hybrid of both. Those are my those are my two girls. So we had no HBO in the house, especially when I was in high school and I was living with the parental unit. I didn't see it until I went to college and I started by dating I mean talking to strangers on AOL. <laughs> I remember those days. <laughs> so I was talking to this guy forever and he went to the university. And so he was like, well, we should finally meet because we're going to be seeing each other on campus. And so we went on a date. We went to go see a movie. And then we went back to his dorm and he showed me Sex in the City. He was like, have you ever seen this show? And I'm like, no. So he's like, oh, I got to show it to you. So he played an episode from the first season. And it's the it's the episode where the guy wants to have anal sex with Charlotte. Yes! <laughs> Last night, After our date, he said, I want us to have anal sex. And she's like, I'll pick you up in 10 minutes. And she's like, I don't want to be the up the butt girl. I went to Brown. (laughs) I love that episode because I love that they were in the cab talking about that because I feel like my friends and I have had conversations like that in cabs and in Ubers now. So Sex in the City was like the learning curve for you. It was definitely the learning curve for me, especially for dating. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I know, you know, Sex in the City had, had its flaws and being a black girl from the city I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me on the show, but it was cool to just imagine and get away a little bit and live this life of the Upper East Side and the Upper West Side. When I still go through dating shit, I will put on an episode of Sex in the City and I'll be like, okay, what did the girls think about this situation? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) If I'm going through it with the man, I'm like... I put on the episodes where they're all struggling with their man or, you know, if you're feeling like an independent woman and you want to go out, I'm like, I'm putting on the episodes where Carrie is like, I love the city. The city's my boyfriend and I'm yeah. single. Ew. So uh, 
With that being said, I think we should get into it. We're discussing Samantha Jones, which is my favorite character as well. You know, growing up, I, I related more to the girl that was banging everybody because I was introduced to it in college. And to just circle back, me and that guy did nothing. You know, two bottoms can't rub booty. So we ended up doing <laughs> nothing. I love that saying. I want that we, on the shirt. We were both looking for a top, baby. We just did not know it. <laughs> I need that on a shirt. Two bottoms. <laughs> I was like, what are we going to do? Just rub asses together? Like, this is not going to work, honey. And watch Sex in the City. You know, it's different. In your 30s, you realize, wow, I've been a shitty person for a long time. I need to turn this car around. You know, like, like Ali Wong <laughs> says, she's like, I need to turn this shit around before I hit 40, girl. Okay, listen, I never thought in a million years because I love Samantha and I love Carrie. And Charlotte just wasn't for me growing up. One day I said to myself, recently i'm like damn am i becoming a charlotte where i'm like i'm looking for a boyfriend and i want that relationship now i see what charlotte was talking about a little bit but well, I, I, at least you didn't end up being miranda girl because i oof. ended up being miranda i think we all need a miranda in our lives exactly you guys honestly we can't even help ourselves we're supposed to be only talking about samantha and we're bringing up everyone else that's why you guys really need to come on the journey with us this is episode one you know they go to balzac together and she's at the host stands going do you know who i am do you know who i am and then she points to carrie and says do you know who she is like they want to get into this restaurant so bad it's the hottest restaurant in new york city no one can get in and Samantha is pulling a Karen at the host stand. The reason that I'm saying Karen is because if we were to watch this today, anyone yelling at a food service worker or a host at a restaurant because they can't be sat would be labeled a Karen. What do you think about this, Nikia? <laughs> yes, they Are would. we reaching here? Are we reaching? No, it's, it's, it's the you know, I think like you said, like, so if we're looking at it from the outside today, right? And you see, you're at this restaurant and you see these two white women and one is yelling at the hostess, do you know who I am? Do you know that I belong in this restaurant? I think from the outside <laughs> in, you're absolutely like, who does she think she is? I love how Samantha gassed her friends up. Like, I love how, like, if Carrie was feeling down, she would gas her up and be like, do you know who she is? We belong in this restaurant. But yes, I think the show, what it did, it showed the privilege of this older woman, successful businesswoman, and a lot of people have that privilege, especially in a city like New York City. <laughs> Y'all really want to bring out the terribleness, and you guys, that's what we're here to do. Would it be fun if we were just talking about how much we love them? Everyone knows we love them. I watch yeah. it every day. I've had ex-boyfriends say, I can't even listen to the theme song because it makes me think about being in your apartment 24-7. <laughs> You, you have know, the song just on loop. <laughs> yes, like me and my roommate used to just watch it over and over again. And then we would both pass out and the loop would just be playing over yeah. and over. The DVD menu, you know that DVD Oh menu? my gosh, when you're sleeping and you wake up to that DVD menu <laughs> in the middle of the night and all you hear is dun, 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 dun. Five in the morning, your neighbors is like, oh my God, are they still watching that shit? Yeah, that's us. I think as super fans of the show, I think it is important to also point out the flaws and some of our favorite characters. You know, they're all friends and they go out of the city in one of the first episodes. They go to Connecticut to a baby shower. And what happens at this baby shower is Samantha shows up with a bottle of scotch, acting very unsupportive and terrible. <laughs> and then at the end of this, they end up leaving on a bad note. And when they go back to the city, Samantha throws a... I'm not having a baby shower. Listen, 
Lainey deserved that, but <laughs> she totally deserved it. She stole she Charlotte's baby. Did. She stole her name. But listen, a lot of my friends are now mothers and I think they're amazing. And I think motherhood should be celebrated. But there were times when I did feel like, you know what, damn it. <laughs> I should throw myself my own baby shower. I don't think it was terrible. Do I think it was a selfish moment where she's like, yeah, I'm single. I don't have any kids. I'm going to throw my, my own baby shower. We're just keeping it real. We're talking about what we're seeing on the show. I know some of you guys are thinking, well, Lainey was terrible. She wasn't even that good of a friend. We're just explaining. We're just going down the list, you guys. All right. We're just breaking it down. Now, Lainey would not be my friend in real life. I love Samantha Jones so much. So this is fun to kind of like point out her flaws because I loved her character where I never saw flaws in her because I appreciated who she was as a woman and she knew who she was. So that's something I loved about her character. So I think it is kind of fun to sit and actually think about some of her flaws. We all went to Staten Island to look at firemen and then you went home with one and now all three of us have to go back on the ferry by ourselves. Cold, cold. And if anyone's been on that ferry, that 10 minute ride feels like it's forever. So I felt the girls, like our one friend is getting, can I say dick? Sorry. You could say whatever you want. Okay, because I've been cussing up a storm, honey. Dick cock come. That's why I love this podcast. Our one friend is getting dick and she's in Staten Island living her best life. And we got to get on that cold ass ride back to the city. Though it's less than 10 minutes, it's upsetting for me and my vagina. (laughs) Exactly. Well, since we're talking about the slut aspect, there's going to be no slut shaming here because we love sluts, okay? And that's the reason that we love Samantha Jones. But we are going to talk about when it got her in trouble. Let's talk about when Samantha slept with Charlotte's brother. But this episode for me was the first time I got to see Samantha. Not that I didn't think she was human, but I got to see a little bit of um, feelings and expression where I was like, damn, Samantha's feelings got hurt. And it was the first thing that was attacked. It was her sexuality. But it is very uncomfortable. Listen, I have half brothers, right? I have a few and they're cute. They're good looking. And I have had friends who have said to me, yo, your brother is cute. And I say to my girlfriends, listen, This is once you buy, you cannot return from this friendship store. If you decide to talk to my brother or have sex with him, whatever happens after that, please don't include or involve me. If these people, if they break up or it's bad, then they're coming to you and now you're in the middle of it and it's very uncomfortable. And you know, Charlotte, she's very, you know. She's just (laughs) two shoes. She's a Pollyanna, but she's a little sexual as well there's been times where she's had her sexual storyline and we'll get into charlotte soon yeah you know it get it gets too close to home in this case the brother told charlotte like look it's none of your business and by the way i haven't had sex in two years so i really needed it and i think samantha's a really nice girl so at the end of the episode samantha comes with a basket of muffins and charlotte says you know, metaphorically, thank you. Thank you for fucking my brother. <laughs> I loved it. And you know what, though? And I said, Samantha is one of those people I felt like who forgave her friends for a lot of shit. Because can yes. you imagine someone saying to you, your vagina's open to the whole New York City, and then they knock on your door with a basket of muffins? No, you have to you have to do a little bit more than that. So I love how Samantha, because she understood where Charlotte was coming from. So I love how she just opened the door and was like, get in here. Like, let's eat these muffins. So I do think Samantha's a little bit more understanding. And I do like how her brother had to tell her, like, sis, 
your friend Samantha did me a favor. <laughs> exactly. Samantha wrapped it all up by saying in the episode, that girl needs a dick out of her ass and a dick in her coochie pronto. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite quotes from Samantha. That's what we're here to do, guys. We're here to point out the terribleness. I hope you guys are loving this. I want to continue on. Sometimes it can get you in trouble. You know, sometimes you sleep with the wrong person. Let's get into this. This is a touchy subject, but we have to touch on it. Yeah. Do you remember when Samantha dated the black guy? Do I remember it? Let me tell you something. (laughs) As a fan of the show, that's one of the episodes where I was like, okay, I see they're going here with this episode. And I was young when that episode came out. But I understood, you know, being a black girl. So it's it's a it's so many level it's so many layers and so many levels. Nikki is like, if you can't see me, I'm a black girl. So get yes, that. if you don't know, I'm black. Um, <laughs> black girl magic perspective coming to you right now. That's right, it's coming. So there's so many layers to this episode where you have this you know, white woman living her best life and she's dating this fine ass black man as she should date who you want to date. But then you do get the perspective of Adina, his sister and how she feels because that's how a lot of people feel. And not just black women, that's how a lot of people in different races and different ethnicities feel when people date outside their race. It's the so reality of the situation. It's the reality of the world, people. We're speaking truths here. Exactly. So they, what I do like, they did show the reality of how some black women feel where you have a successful black man and then you have this white woman who they date and a lot of black women feel like sometimes when we're holding black men down and they get to a certain level what the Kanye say he leave your asshole white girl in the song because that's how that's how it is when sometimes black men get successful not all but that's how some black women feel you know what I'm saying so I do appreciate how they showed that what pissed me off about this episode and about Samantha was her privilege where she started, and I love that Charlotte checked her for this, where she started talking in this horrible fucking slang. And it was yeah, so she started talking like she was from the hood. And we're like, we know your ass is not from the hood. It's not from the hood, but I hate the fact that it was just like, he's black, so I automatically have to be from the hood. And I hated that she did that. And I love that the girls checked her ass on it and was like, sis, first of all, you can't even speak like that. It's inappropriate. That's not the word you're supposed to say. Um, and just because he's black, he's not automatically from the hood. And not only black people live in the hood. She opened the color line. She opened the gender line. She didn't care who she was with. She liked who she liked. And that's what I liked about Samantha. But her flaw in this episode was, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to talk how I want to talk. I'm going to fuck how I want to fuck. And I do love that they had that fight slash conversation in the club because Adina let out how she really felt. Now, do I think Adina was kind of doing the most? She had a Charlotte moment where she was like, you can't fuck my brother. A little bit, but I understood as a black woman where Adina was coming from. But when they do have that physical altercation in the club, Samantha and Adina, they start fighting. Samantha says, get your black ass out of my face. Oh, no, no. She said, get your big black ass out of my face. (laughs) (laughs) Which when you watch the show, Adina is clearly a size two. So, and there's so many layers to that lane. And I'm glad you brought it up because, you know, Adina says, get your white pussy like get it out of here yeah she she, she, said, she starts at first she says she like, starts get your, first she says get your white pussy out of here yes but then what samantha does she does the thing where she hops on this horrible like the way black women are already stereotyped of it's us having curvy yeah. our asses are you it know doubles people, down yeah so when she said get your big black ass out of here it's one of those things where you're like okay sis <laughs> it was one of those white wom- woman Karen uh, microaggressions yeah where she could have just like you know I understood everything Samantha was saying and she had every right to stick up for herself 
And even when sis said, get your white pussy out of here, she didn't have to do the whole, get your big black ass out of here because it was, that was too much for me. And I was like, you know what, Adina, you got to beat her ass for that one. But I'm happy that Samantha stood her ground though, because I love Samantha. If I'm not mistaken though, Samantha did kind of get her ass whooped at the club. She did, she did, she did. I was like, you know what, Samantha, you deserve that. Talking about get your big black ass out of here. I'm like, Adina's a size two, don't, don't do that. So I understand, I see where she was going and I hated that. Samantha's been, she's gotten her ass beat a couple times. She got her ass beat in season six as well when she kissed that freaking Italian Jersey lookalike. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I want to be clear. I want to make it clear. I don't hate Samantha in this episode because she dated the black guy. I just hated her actions and the way she acted once she was dating the black guy. You can date whoever you want outside your race, but still be yourself. There's no need to be weird and stereotypical. Just enjoy the relationship. You understand? I just want to make that clear. (laughs) Samantha was successful from the beginning. She had her own business, specifically her celebrity clients. Do you remember when she tried to take advantage of Lucy Liu and it all backfired (laughs) and she got fired? (laughs) The person you're working with, your publicist, is using your name. I feel like that probably happens a lot where they use their clients. All the time. But this, this is so funny because this is what literally put the Birkin on the map. It talked about not only the exclusivity of the bag. It talked about how much it was and everything and what it meant. Like if you had one, everyone knew you spent $4,000 for it. When the bag takes a little bit of time getting to her, she calls the Hermes rep and she goes off on them. And Lucy Lou specifically said in the beginning, like, I want someone with class. I want someone that's going to represent me well and not lie to me. Well, it all <laughs> backfired and Samantha gets fired and it's so funny. Because I'm like, sis, you cannot do that. And it's going to get back to Lucy Lou. And like you said, Leanne, Lucy said at the beginning, I need someone I can trust. And she's like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Cool, cool, cool. I want this Birkin bag and I'm going to use her name for it. So she definitely deserves to be fired. But like you said, Samantha is super successful. And I think that's what a lot of people loved about her because she was successful. She had her own PR company. She got to do what she wanted to do. No kids, really, no responsibility, but be her own boss. And then by season four, Miranda has a child And Samantha doesn't acknowledge the fact that she's pregnant, doesn't acknowledge the fact that she's had a child. So we don't really see them interact until season four when Carrie urges Samantha to be more supportive of Miranda's new life as a mother. She's like, you need to go over there. You need to say, hey, I heard you back. I heard you had a baby. How's that going? (laughs) So that's when she gives her her appointment to go get her hair done and she watches the baby and then the chair breaks and so she gives the baby the vibrator. Do you remember a couple months later when Miranda's mother died? Samantha wouldn't even call and say, I'm sorry. It wasn't until they went to the funeral that Samantha had her own selfish breakdown that made her realize maybe I'm just an asshole. So she says, I'm sorry to Miranda. I do think she's a girl's girl. And I think, but I think she's a very selfish friend. So I think you can be both. I think sometimes you are in these relationships where sometimes your friends have to call you out on some of your shit, right? Because one thing I loved about Samantha, she always pointed out, guys, before kids, before men, we are soulmates. And I love you all. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, because you can't even give someone that groan an excuse where it's like, yes, I know you have your moments, but you're not the only person in this friendship. Miranda's our friend, Carrie's our friend, Charlotte's our friend, and they all go through things, and it's not just about Samantha Jones. So I do think Samantha was very, very selfish so much, where that episode, I felt so bad for Miranda, and she wouldn't even acknowledge her. She's like, let's get rid of her, throw in the cab. 
Let's party. <laughs> she's like, I forgot the burpee. And she's like, well, let's get you a cab. We'll see you in four months. That was rude. And you don't have to have a kid to understand. As a friend, that is rude to kind of get rid of your friend. And you see this woman is drowning with her newborn baby. For you to say, guys, let's go meet some men. Get her ass in the cab. Bye. And the funeral part was very selfish as well. And I think these are things that Samantha had to realize damn, I am a selfish friend. But I do think she's a girl's girl. I do. I do think she loves her friends dearly. And then I also feel like maybe she didn't get close to the other women until later on in the season because she be, she was Carrie's friend. She was. You know? She was Carrie's friend. But I feel like she had little tiffs with all the women and it wasn't until later in life they really started to appreciate each other because we have this uh, conflict with Samantha and Miranda where Samantha didn't really appreciate Miranda. We just talked about this, but she also did this with Charlotte. Do you remember when Charlotte was getting married and they were at the dress fitting for the bridesmaid and Samantha didn't want to wear the dress. And she's like, I don't even know why I'm here. And Charlotte's like, well, I don't want to make you feel left out. And she's like, well, I hate this dress and I would never wear this. And I'd rather be in bed with a hot Scott right now. So it's like, it's a funny line and we're all laughing about it, but it's also like my wedding. So if I had a wedding and one of my Ugh. friends like, I would rather be in bed than be here with you guys, I would be like, well, then get the fuck out of here. Exactly. You have to go, bitch, because you You're not ruining like, my motherfucking day. Okay? I'm getting married right now. I'm a princess, goddammit. She just wasn't supportive, even when Charlotte got a divorce and Charlotte was yeah. like, you know, I'm taking a pottery class and I'm taking a tap class. And then during this time, Carrie's, you know, in her own selfish way, she's like worried about Aiden and she doesn't want to get engaged to him. So Samantha's like, what's the big deal? You can get divorced and then go play tap with Bojangles over here. <laughs> I'm going through a divorce and you're making fun of me for taking tap and you're calling me Bojangles. Like you're such a bitch. She could be a bitch at times where, but you know what I noticed about Samantha too? She wasn't big on like opening up and sharing feelings because even when she was going through her shit, she would be like, I have cancer. Okay, yeah, let's end this conversation. Or I'm back with Richard. Okay, let's not talk about it. It was one of those things where I don't think she was used to opening up like the other three ladies did at brunch. Because if you notice, while they're at brunch talking about things, she'd be like, oh, I just sucked someone's dick. Like, it was very... <laughs> yeah, she didn't want to show her vulnerable side ever. Yeah, ever. Even when she broke up with Richard and she found Smith Jared, she actually did open up to him in a way that she never opened up to Richard. Her best relationship was with Smith Jared. And what did she do? She Ugh. cheated on him in front of him with Richard in a one night stand hotel room, very slutty act. Like, if you're going to go cheat on your boyfriend, go cheat on your boyfriend, but don't cheat on your boyfriend in front of him. That broke my heart, child. That broke my heart. I felt so bad for Smith. I just wanted to wait until you were done so you could get home safely. I'm like, you are way too good. I would have whooped her ass. I'm like, now listen, we've all been in those moments where you have that one ex that you're still madly in love with. And sometimes, that's why when they tell people when you break up, you need months to yourself before you hop into the next relationship because you need to figure your shit out and figure out what it is that you need to get together for you, right? So before you jump into the next relationship, you're not willing to bang your ex upstairs while your new man is downstairs. That broke my heart. And because he was such a good guy and he was there for Samantha, and I think he was the first guy who accepted her for everything because she does say to him, she's like, listen, I'm this way. I like it this way. And this is me and I'm not changing. So the fact that this man, this young man said to her, girl, I will take you however you are. And for her to kind of take advantage of that just for one night with fucking Richard, 
who treated her like shit. We saw sides of Samantha that we never saw with Smith, you know? Like, even when she was with Richard, she was still playing games. She was getting the assistant to write certain things on the card. She had to con him into talking about love. So I feel like Smith was the real relationship. And, you know, I... If we're going to compare it to real life, none of us are perfect. We've all been mm-hmm. shitty friends. We've all done really selfish things. And we've definitely all tried to sabotage our best relationships. It's human nature. But you know what? We're not, we're not talking about us. Are we we're talking, talking about, about Samantha Jones. We're dragging we Samantha. About, are we talking about you? No. Are we talking about me? Are we talking about Kiki Boom Boom? No. We're talking about Samantha, so we're going to keep ripping her apart. We're dragging her, but I do agree with you, though, because we, I think when, when we get something really good, we, we get scared. So what do we do when we get scared? We try to sabotage it because we're like, this doesn't, I don't deserve it. This doesn't belong to me. And I think that's what Sis did. And I think she got the reaction she didn't think she deserved. It was her man waiting for her downstairs to take her home. I remember uh, Carrie was going through the whole cheating thing with Big and Aiden. And she's like, look, I don't know what to do. And they're like walking and talking. And she's like, well, what are you doing right now? Why are you walking this dog? And she's like, because it's my boyfriend's dog. Like, of course I'm walking it. It needs to go to the bathroom. And I'm trying to talk to you about something important. And as soon as a dog takes a shit, Samantha leaves the conversation and just bounces, just jets across the street and leaves. Now, I know it's a TV show, but if it was real life, as if I was in the middle of a conversation with you and Ooh. you left because the dog took a shit, you better believe I would be calling you on your cell phone and cussing you out. Like it's damn right. It just makes and, no sense. And you're getting shit, you're getting shit on your doorstep. <laughs> I'm just like, what is fucking happening? What is this? I'm like, where is she going? Samantha, you like me telling you about me cheating and having an affair. And you telling me you need to wax your vagina? Girl, give me five minutes. <laughs> Relax. You don't have to stand where the dog is shitting. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like everything scares Samantha. And if it's not about her or if it's like, like she said, like, why are you walking that dog? That's disgusting. I'm out. <laughs> like, no, Samantha, no. You know, she says once, like, I grew up uh, at Dairy Queen. Like, I had to work all summer selling dilly bars. Like, so we know that she kind of grew up not very, you know, with that privilege, maybe, you know, she grew up kind of struggling. She talks about how her mom, like when she was sick, she got like a Fanta cough syrup cocktail. Like that's not really taking care of your child. So like we have to look at the psychology behind this. And like Samantha had to fend for herself. If we really put it together and we we dissect the layers and we see through this, maybe it's not a lonely woman. Maybe it's just like a lost little girl that just wants to be like accepted, but never has. So she's always had to fend for herself and have a tough exterior and not get close to men. So like, I don't know, it all makes sense when you put it all together. None of them are perfect and none of us are perfect, but it's just sometimes our actions speak louder than what we're trying to say. We might be selling something you're not buying. And that's just the case sometimes. We all put up a front. You know, Samantha moves into the meatpacking district and she has this beautiful condo that she's paid millions of dollars for (laughs) to live in an area that is very rustic. And there's Oscar Mayer factory down the street, you know, and with this territory also comes some fabulous sex workers. (laughs) And in this specific episode, they're keeping Samantha up and she's complaining about it. And when she's complaining to her friends, 
she says like, you know, chicks with dick, you know, she says tranny a lot. Episodes like this are important because I know we're in a time where everyone's like, get rid of this show or get rid of this episode. I think it's important because you need to see, or people today need to see what was happening back in the day. You need to see how writers were writing. You need to see the language of people who were not educated, who were a little bit ignorant. You need to see it. We need the toxic masculinity movies from the 80s. You move into the meatpacking district, which is historically an area where there's clubs, it's lit, there's restaurants, there's a lot of factories down there. And it's been this way since the 70s. If you know anything about um, sex workers, they've been in that area since the beginning of the time. If you watch uh, Paris is Burning, they're in that area. So okay. that's just what it is. Like you kind of came into their territory and you moved into this expensive yeah, neighborhood. She, com- she complains about the gentrification, but Actually, she's part of it. You're part of it. And I, I get when you're from New York City, you don't think that you're gentrifying a neighborhood, but that's like you moving from the Upper West Side and coming down to Brooklyn, or you move into the meatpacking or even lower uh, East Side. You come into these neighborhoods and they build these million dollar condos, but sis, you're in my neighborhood. I've been in these streets. This is where I work. So yes, today in 2020, the word choices that she used were horrible, but there are people who still talk like that today. And there's words that I know people use where people weren't educated, where they probably wouldn't use it today. I remember when RuPaul's Drag Race came out, like we had a segment that it was like based off Tyra Mel, so they called it She Mel. Yep. We all laughed about it. We didn't think anything of it. And then RuPaul, they came for RuPaul and they made, they made him change that. And even he released a statement saying like, I'm changing it, but it's because mostly it's like, I'm run by a network and all these people, but y'all aren't going to come for me. Like I have been doing this since the eighties. Like I don't need these Gen Z 16 year olds telling me that she male is bad or tranny is bad. She's like, I've been a tranny since the eighties. Like I've been chased down the right. street in a dress in New York city in the eighties where people didn't want to see a black six foot two drag queen. So like, don't come for me. There's so many terms and there's so many different things and you don't want to offend anybody. So sometimes you do look to the community to say, Hey, should I be saying this or should I not be saying it? But I also know in the LBGTQ um, plus AI community, sometimes there's a friction in that community as well, because sometimes gay people are like, well, can I say it? Can I not? And then trans people are like, but you can't. Let's talk about the fact that the terribleness continues, not just through season one, two, three, four, five, six, six A, six B, movie one, movie two. Yeah, it continues all the way up to movie two. Do you remember when Samantha goes to Abu Dhabi to the Middle East and refuses to cover up her body, gropes a man in public, and then while creating a disturbance of the peace in the marketplace by yelling, I have sex to a bunch of angry uh, men. (laughs) (laughs) Like you are a terrible foreigner and American. Nuts. I'm like, girl, you thank God those women were able to save you guys. Um, that that movie, <laughs> it was very interesting because one, she, remember, she was begging them. You guys, I went to birthday parties. Y'all are coming with me to Abu Dhabi. So you would think as this big PR person that this would have done her research when you're going to a different country. You're going to a different part of the world that's not the United <laughs> States. Not only your friend Miranda had to, as a lawyer, had to break things down to you and was telling you, girl, you need, you, I've never been to Abu Dhabi and I know you have to cover up. So she's telling you, you have to do these things. That's like the thing with the wedding. Let's bring it back to the wedding. It's like Samantha wanted to have her own rules and do what she wanted to do. 
after Charlotte said, this is my day. So as Miranda's telling her, we're in a different part of the world. You cannot touch people's <laughs> dicks outside. They barely let women do what they need to do. The women have to cover up. And you are older. You're 50 now. <laughs> and this is not the first time Samantha broke the law. In the series, there's an episode where she's sleeping with someone from the stock market. And every time he has an orgasm, he names out the company that is doing well in the stock market, which that is breaking law. It's called insider trading. That's what uh, Martha Stewart went to jail for because she found out that a company was going to lose its money. So she pulled her money out. That was her getting a tip from someone. That's called insider trading. And when she gave that guy a blowjob, he said Alon Pharmaceuticals, and then she writes it down. And then the FBI breaks into the apartment and arrests him. But if they were to look around and see that she wrote that down, she would be part of it as well. <laughs> this girl got away with so much. <laughs> she got away with so much stuff. And I know it's a show. I know it's fictional. But there are people like this in real life, actually, truly, like that live in the city, who live in these lofty apartments and get to do whatever they want to do, have the Birkin, and not go to jail for insider trading. It's fine. <laughs> um, she didn't handle her sexual health responsibly, some people would say, but you know, it's a show like Nakia said, and you're not going to take away the one thing I did love from her. Exactly. I love that she banged everybody in New York City. It was like the funniest part about that show. Um, was Samantha a terrible person? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. No. I think when it comes down to it and we put everything in perspective, you know, as humans, we all fuck up. We do things. We're selfish. We cheat, lie, and act terribly. But when it comes down to it, either you're on the list or you're not. So it's come down, it's come down to that time in the show where we, we've talked about it all in the Kia. We've talked about Samantha being a bad friend, being a good friend, dating outside of her race, you know, her career, how she handles stressful situations and how she is supportive or not supportive with her friends. But it's come down to that part of the show where we have to say, is Samantha terrible? So I'm going to go for, I'm going to go with no. I don't think she's terrible. I think she had terrible moments, but I think that she wasn't terrible. And I'm not going to vote her for most terrible. It's not going to be this episode. There is going to be one person in this series that is going to be voted most terrible, but um, it's not going to be this episode from me. I agree. She was not a terrible person. And I think I would have been friends with Samantha Jones. But I do think, as you said, we're all human. And a lot of times we have flaws. I think you become terrible when you when we address the flaws and we address your issues and then you say you can fuck off I don't care and you don't try to change and I think what we've seen in this season this series and even in the movies you see a woman who acknowledged it tried to change and she listened to her friends and she was shamed a lot by her friends as well so this is a woman who was older and was like you know what I'm gonna actually step back and listen to my friends so no Samantha Jones is not terrible to me she has a flaws but we all do child I would definitely go to the club and hang out with Samantha Jones. This is a friend that took all of her friends across the world for free. For free, honey. Did you see the suite? Did you see the suite? We can... <laughs> Did you see the play? Abba Dabi do, baby. So, um... Okay. <laughs> That's totally inappropriate too. <laughs> well, we've talked about Samantha Jones and between Nikki and I, we are voting her not terrible. So there is still someone running for most terrible. There's four episodes left and we're going to figure out who is going to take the title of most terrible for our new special, Everyone is Terrible, Sex in the City edition. Nakia, I know Samantha Jones isn't terrible, but is Kim Cattrall terrible? Ooh, 
Okay. Oh. She is the reason we're not getting a Sex in the City Part 3 know. movie. She is the reason that we are now seeing that they weren't all happy. It wasn't all Oof. rainbows. And her and Sarah Jessica Parker do not like each other. At all. We don't know what happened on set. And I don't want to speak for Kim Cattrall. I know Kim was older. But like I think you said early in the episode, where you have this woman who is a little older, and you bring her into a group full of women who probably got a little closer. So she kind of probably felt like the outsider. And I know that there were some rumors that because Carrie was number one and then Sarah became executive producer, Kim might have felt a way about that. But I'm looking at it like, Kim, you have one of the most popular characters. Like, everyone fucked with Samantha Jones. People didn't really fuck with Carrie like that. And I felt like even though Sarah was the EP, I felt like they put Kim, Kim like, at the top. Kim was probably like, though, as an actress, like, I want more versatility. Like, why am I just fucking everyone? Like, give me a relationship. Give me some balance. I want to show different sides. There's lots of rumors. There's lots of things. Uh, you know, I even performed at the Samantha uh, Museum in Brooklyn, the uh, Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan, 1994 Museum. They invited me to perform at the Yamaki Able Museum, which was a dedication to Samantha Jones, uh, Kim Cattrall scatting. So it was a fabulous museum. I, I will have that. the YouTube video for you if you guys want to see me perform Samantha Jones monologues, because that's how long I've loved Sex in the City <laughs> and I love this character. Um, Nakia, thank you so much for coming on. I had such a blast. I feel like we covered everything that there is to do with Samantha. We covered her physicality, her beauty, her career, her flaws, her terribleness, how she was with her friends, the world, uh, workers, uh, restaurant people. Like we literally covered everything that this woman did in this show. And I think you were fabulous. Where can we find you? What do you, what do you want to promote? Yes, Leah, first of all, thank you so much for having me. You know, you and I, we stand Sex in the City. So I love that we were able to share this moment um, about Samantha Jones. I am so blessed to be on your podcast. Thank you for bringing me here. I love you. Um, you guys can follow me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom. That's K-E-Y-K-E-Y Boom Boom. I'm also on a podcast with three of my girlfriends called Queens Uncut. You guys can check that out. It comes out, a new episode comes out every Wednesday. The year is almost over. We're writing it out together. You guys, I have a Christmas episode coming out with the real moms of Bravo. Obviously, this is the first episode of the deep dive into Everyone is Terrible, the Sex in the City edition. This was the first episode. We have four more to go. So we're going to do a deep dive. Wait till your favorite character comes up. You're going to be mad. You're going to be <laughs> DMing me saying, make sure you mention this. Make sure you leave that out because she's the best. Like, I already had a bunch of messages about Samantha, so keep them coming. Click the link in my Instagram. You guys are on Instagram all the time. You're listening to the show right now. Just say to yourself, I'm going to click the link when I get done with this podcast because I want to give a bitch a dollar. You know, it's free quality content that we're throwing out during COVID. Give a bitch a dollar. You know, you go to Starbucks and you give them five, you know, so uh, give me a couple dollars. You can do one, two, three, five, or 10 bucks. You guys, I'm going to be making a Facebook group for Everyone is Terrible, so you can throw your nominations in there if you're on Facebook. Make sure to add me on Instagram and follow me because I'm always doing something. I'm always posting something crazy. 
We're going to be talking about Erica Jane and all the crazy stuff on the Christmas episode with the Real Moms of Bravo. So check that out. I want to thank my guest, Nakia Kiki Boom Boom. Thank you so much for coming in, girl. You are the best. The best in the business. Thank you, baby. I love you so much. I love you too. And terrible people, I love you too. And we love sex in the city. I love the sex. You love the sex. We all love the sex. So make sure to come back for episode two. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, terrible people. Who's the most terrible of them all? It's Hollywood Lee and 